Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. Hey. How you doing? This is Ben. Very nice, Ben. And we are here to bring you... Gobble, gobble, gobble. Our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from gobble, around gobble, gobble. the NFL. And that, if you can't tell, ladies and gentlemen, gobble, gobble, gobble. that is not a real turkey. That is Ben. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know there is. It is The resemblance is uncanny. Sir, I have a turkey right next to me. That's what was speaking in the mic. Okay, well, I, apparently you have seen invisible turkey, but that, that's pretty incredible. Happy Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody. you're having a great day. Hope you're uh, listening to us before you uh, throw on your football for the day. It's a full day. And uh, hope we can give you some entertainment in the morning before the main course. You know who isn't a turkey? Who's that? Frank Gore. Frank Who? Third all-time leading rusher in the NFL, passing the great Barry Sanders. Which Bar- Barry was my... That was my guy. Barry left the field too soon. That I, but, I, I, I'm going to do a quick side story. I was working in summer camp. My dad walks up to me. It's like the middle of the day. Uh, got had to have been like the end of July. Just walks up to me and says, Ben, Barry Sanders retired. I looked him dead in the eye. And went, what are you talking about? It's like he retired. I just, I just, I, I walked remember. off. I couldn't handle it. I remember, man, when you became school went but got back in session when the summer was over, you were not in a good way no. with the Barry Sanders retirement. I don't blame you. weren't a Lions fan, but you loved your Barry Sanders. I mean, it, it was hard not to appreciate what you did on the field. But that kind of brings us to the question. How do you – we all know how you look back on guys like Emmett Smith, Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, you, got, you got the NFL – Doing their 100 uh, players games. And, right. You know, they did running backs this past week. Exactly. I mean, we know how we look back on history on those yeah. guys. The Barry Sanders, Jim Browns, Emmitt Smiths. Do you see Frank Gore in that same light as those three guys? I mean, it's... Respectively? It's odd, but you, you don't. As much as he's compiled the stats and he's never been seriously injured and yet you don't look at him and you say yeah he was like he was the best in the league from this period to this period he had a year here or there and he's been around then this is a guy at the university of miami had two yeah major knee surgeries and he had a major knee surgery before he went into the draft I was about to say that when you said he has avoided injury. In the NFL, he's avoided injury. Right. In college, man, it looked like he was – He was ticketed he might not for – make it to the NFL. Right. He was ticketed for like, – I don't think he – I don't remember where he was drafted. It's so long ago. But I know it wasn't the first round, but he had the first-round talent, and yet he made it all this way. He's number three. And I just – I don't – I respect what he's done. I respect how he's performed – I respect that he has, week in and week out, he has been a reliable person there. If you if you have him as your lead back, or even if you have your number two, for him to be there to run the ball. And yet, I, I just, I don't know. I uh, know I agree with you, unfortunately. And I don't mean to, much like you, I don't mean any disrespect by this. Because it's a, it's a hell of an accomplishment. To be the third all-time leading rusher 
when you have a history of great players. Right. You have guys who come in and have three or four great seasons, and then they kind of you know taper off. Frank Gore is a picture of consistency. His entire career, like you said, he has never been that guy when you're like, oh, no, we're playing Frank Gore this week. But you know you're going to get you're going to get his best. He's going to be out there no matter what. He's going to probably get between 70 and 90 all-purpose yards every week. Right. And you know, unfortunately, it's it's kind of one of the things where the sum isn't necessarily as great as the parts. Right. And and, and he had Almost 17-yard rushing season, second year of his career. Almost 1,700. After that, he broke 1,200 twice, and that's it. Yeah. And there are plenty of years where he didn't crack 1,000. Like I said, consistency. But he's been he's been Se- there. 70 to 90 yards a game. Like, in, in, in just this season, the first four games, right? The first game he didn't start. First four games, 20 yards, 68 yards, 76 yards, 109. And then... From then on in, it's it's the same thing. He had 12 yards three games ago. He had 27 yards two games ago. But this past weekend, 65 yards. Yeah. It's just he's going to get the yards. Like, is he going to break 1,000 yards this year? No, he's not. He's going to get his somewhere between 700 and 900 yards. Exactly. Like I said, though, between he, seven, 70 and 90 yards a game, that's what you're going to get from Frank Gore. And he's he's been in the league 15 years. Consistency. And and I mean he he's only said, a month shy of his seventy fifth birthday, right? Who says he's going to retire at the end of the season? He hasn't, and he's nine hundred away from Walter. I think that's doable. He's got he's got two two hundred two hundred fifty three hundred yards left in him, maybe this this season. Someone gives him a chance, he could get it. He ain't he ain't touching Emmett. No, no, he won't go anywhere near Emmett Smith's total. But I I think it was he if he was in that room on the list, the twenty four man list for twelve spots for the NFL one hundred. And I saw the list and it, it's like LT didn't make it. Like the final list, LT didn't make it. So you know, you know they they took that seriously because they had people from all the way in the back, like the golden age, uh, making this list. But you got someone like LT who has stature in the game. He's got reward awards, yards. He had the touchdown record. Had or has? I think I think Priest Holmes took it from him. I thought he took it from Priest Holmes. Uh. Regardless, he's got records. And yeah, he didn't make the list. I look at him and I say, he ain't making that list either. He's got multiple Pro Bowls, but he has no he has no All Pros. That tells you he's never been like yeah. he's like that sixteen hundred yard season. I'm sure there was probably a a two thousand yard rusher or close to it, which is probably why he didn't get it. So he never had an All Pro, and. And just he's consistent. That's all I could say. Consistent. Well, that's, that's what I said. You know, five minutes ago. I mean, he, he's a picture of consistency, not greatness. Right. And again, I don't mean any disrespect by that, but you never really feared Frank Gore 
coming into your stadium, like, oh, we got to play the Frank Gore this weekend. But you knew he was there. You knew he was there, and he did his part, and he did it well. And like I said, the the sum, the sum equals a great thing, but I've never looked at him as that's greatness. Like, you watched Emmett Smith run, and you watched Walter Payton. It was before our time. His prime was. Right. But, I mean... You still can see videos, you know, guys like Jim Brown who pretty much ran through everybody on the defense and still kept running. Right. I just, I don't, I'm not saying he doesn't belong there. I'm not saying he isn't great. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer because just on numbers alone, he will be. Well, he'll be a Hall of Famer, yeah. And deservedly so. He still did it. I just never, I never saw him in the same light as those elite running backs. I agree. And so. I, I, I Good luck to him, and hopefully he you know plays as long as he wants to and gets all the records he can. But I, I just I never even if he broke the all time record, it just still wouldn't. He still wouldn't be up there. I'm sorry, no, he'd have to play another fifteen years. Oh, <laughs> the way that, he's going, and the way the way his his numbers that. are dropping each week. But yeah, I mean, he probably I think I think he would have to play another five years, and maybe he'd make it. But well, he'll be eighty by that point, so. <laughs> Um. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me go the other way. The bad, bad. Well, it's not even banker tank yet. We're going negative already, huh? I'm sorry, man. I I just think I think we 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 put these guys on a pedestal last week, or at least I think I I put them on a pedestal. The Raiders. Yeah, that was an ugly game. What What are you doing? The Jets. You lost to the Jets. Let me rephrase that. It wasn't an ugly game. It would have had to have vastly improved to be an ugly game. Like I, I don't know what they were, what their plan was. Is that you came into the game, and you just thought you were gonna oh show up and, and beat them? Because come on, guys. Because they didn't just lose, Chris. You know what the score was, right? They got destroyed, thirty-four to three. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was a scrimmage. It was a walkthrough. Here's a fact for you. I picked Derek Carr as my tank player last week. Or my bank player, I'm sorry. Not my tank. My bank player. And that tells you everything. It tells you why you're a 500. Right. And and they just rolled in there thinking, oh, yeah. The Jets, the Patriots lit them up. And, and every other team except for the Cowboys are going to light them up. So, yeah, we'll, we'll come in here and we'll, we'll beat them. You know, the Miami Dolphins almost beat them. So, yeah, we're going to – no. No. It's funny you mentioned the Cowboys. Because earlier when I was thinking about this game, I compared, in, in my head obviously, I wasn't talking on the microphone, I compared the Cowboys and the Raiders and how they kind of came into their game against the Jets. The Cowboys came in 3-0. and Right. Just kind of, you know, ruling, ruling the roost in the NFC East, thinking they were just buzzsaw that was going to mow through everybody, and the Jets embarrassed them. Final was- score was not indicative to how close that game was. It was not that close. They were on that third string still, right? Uh, no, that was that, no, was, that was Darnold's first, game, first back. game back. That was before he started seeing ghosts. Yes. Um, and then the Raiders, been surprising everybody, been playing much better defense than they should have been playing. Uh, the offense is moving very nicely. Like Darren Waller has been a, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, Josh Jacobs... I mean, it wasn't for a few other people. He'd be in real contention for Rookie of the Year. Right. 
And you got to think going in against a very beatable Jets team that uh, a team like the Raiders, who have much more experience and talent on the coaching staff, and a, a team that just all around looked better and more well rounded. And you're one game behind. No, you're half a game behind. Yeah. The Chiefs. You could have gone in tied. Yes. In a big showdown with them this upcoming weekend. And they didn't. And you go in, you go in there, and you just get taken apart by a team that has honestly looked like it was tripping over its own shoelaces at points this season. Like mathematically, the only reason why the Raiders would be behind is because the division, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had the division, a 3-0 division record over Raiders 2-1. But math, like they would be 7-5 and the, the Chiefs would be 7-4. So percentages-wise, I don't know where that would fall, but you had your chance. The door was open. Now, the, the you know what the sad thing is? They still have a chance. They could still go in and beat Kansas City. And take the division lead. But this this is a wake-up call right here. Well, I think it's a wake-up call to the league that the Raiders are pretenders. They're not real contenders. Much like I know the Cowboys before this weekend had the number one offense, apparently. I thought Baltimore had the number one offense, and I'm watching the Patriots-Cowboys game, and they're saying the Cowboys have the number one offense. I don't know who ranks these things, but it's got to be the same people who take political polls because they're all over the place. But, you know, the Cowboys and the Raiders both kind of showed their true colors. Yeah. Because say what you will about teams like San Fran and New England who – they had an easier schedule earlier in the year, and that's not false. They did, but they beat the bad teams. Huh. They went in with the same mindset they go into with games against the good teams, which is we have to be disciplined. We have to stick to the fundamentals. We have to stay within our lanes and know what we can do, know what we can't do. Don't get outside of ourselves, and they win the games. And you have teams like the Raiders and the Cowboys who went into the New York and or against New York, and they're like, "Oh, we're just going to win this game." That's what it looked like on the field. Like the week four match with the Cowboys against the Jets, it looked like they walked in like they'd already won the game. I guarantee you that's what they thought. They thought they were just going to roll in and say, "Ah, yeah, we're going to beat them. You know, we're going to light them up." Oh, you can't do that. And you know what that shows? That shows mental weakness, right? Because any truly great team, any great coach, any great player knows you can never underestimate an opponent. I don't care if the Bengals could go out and win this weekend. Probably not. The Bengals got the Jets this weekend. That's what I'm saying. And the Jets, but the the, the thing is with the Jets, I can't see them just rolling over because they know they're bad. They know they're, they're lucky that they have a, a nice game against Cincinnati. And so I don't think they'll take this game lightly. But I'd look, I look. I would seriously look at the Cleveland Browns. They have them week 14 and 17. So if each of those weeks they're up against a, a winless team, I think they would uh, take them seriously. But on the flip side, Cleveland needs these games. New England, you know New England when they face them week 15, 
You think they're going to roll into Cincinnati and say, oh, we're going to roll them 48 to nothing? But that's my point about – no, not at all. I, I agree with you. That That's my point about the whole, uh, you know, even if they're a bad team, the good teams have to beat those teams. Right. Kind of uh, counter counterpoint to you there when you said the Jets aren't going to go in. They know they're bad. They're not going to go in against Cincinnati and, and, and feel, oh, we got this. Yeah. Well, tell that to the Dolphins who embarrassed the Jets and handed them – and it's got true. their first win against them because the Jets kind of went in like, oh, man, we beat the Cowboys. Oh, we lost to the Patriots. Oh, we're going to go in and we're going to clean up against the Dolphins now make ourselves feel better. And uh, they got pretty pretty well embarrassed against that really, really lousy Dolphins team. I mean, I look at a lot of these teams that played Cincinnati. Sorry to get on the Cincinnati track, but a I lot of these it. teams, if, if they didn't light them up, it's – if I would I would like Buffalo, I would give them their offense is not as crisp as anybody, and that was week three, and they only beat them by four points. But they're not a crisp offensive team; they're a defensive team. Arizona, and by week five, they're still trying to figure out their way. So, beating Cincinnati twenty-six to twenty-three, and they have a, they have a bad defense. We'll we'll agree on that. Arizona has a bad defense. Oh yeah. The one outlier I would put out in there is. And this this should have been a wake up, a wake up call to both of us. Oakland beat them seventeen to ten. That should have been a wake up call. We should have saw that one a little bit ahead and say they almost got beat by Cincinnati. If I recall correctly, a good portion of that game, uh, Cincinnati had the lead also. Right. So that should have honestly, honestly, I'll, I'll my on my side, I'll be like, yeah, maybe we I should have saw that and said. Is Oakland for real? We clearly know that. No. I kind of looked at that game and said, okay, well, this is still a team that's developing and kind of getting their feet underneath them. Right. And, okay, they're going to learn their lesson and they'll be better off for it. And it, that's not how it turned out at all. They looked awful in every aspect. They have they have Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Chargers, Denver. Rest of the way. I'll give them Denver at week 17. But are you going to tell me they're going to go two and two out of those other four teams and have a three and two record and beat Kansas City? Kansas City looks very beatable right now. I'm just saying, you need to beat them. You need you, they need to beat Kansas City to tie the the, the tiebreaker, and that's one, two, three, four, five games in conference. So if they have if they have if they're they have the same record going in the last week and they have the same division record for some reason, it goes to conference record. And I don't I I know the Raiders got a loss and Kansas City doesn't in conference. I believe their their losses are outside. No, Kansas City lost to Baltimore. Not Baltimore. Kansas City lost to Indy. That was their first loss. I'm just saying they can't. They can't. They can't just take these games lightly. They need to win all these games. Is what they need to do. Like I know that's not. I was gonna say that's that's not brain surgery. But after you just coughed it up against the Jets. And now you can't you, afford another bad loss. You can't. You can't. You have to beat Denver. 
You have to. You should be better than the Chargers, so you should beat them. You should beat Jacksonville. And you really you really need to prove something to the league and to yourselves. And you need to try to go out and beat Kansas City and or Tennessee. Because I think, honestly, they're going to need all five of these games to be in the playoffs. I think at this point, the way Tennessee plays defense, it might almost be easier to beat Kansas City than Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee is a better team all around. I think there's more talent on Kansas City. But the way they're playing right now, matchup-wise, I think I think the Raiders have a harder time against Tennessee than they do Kansas City. Well, the problem they're have they're going to have is they have three straight games against teams that are trying to get into the playoffs. Even Jacksonville, as outside of a chance it is, they still have a shot in the playoffs for the playoffs. You need these games because you coughed it up against the Jets. You need these games. And beating Kansas City will be a good start to prove to teams that you can actually win games against good competition. Because you beat the because you beat the Colts, and that's it. That's that's the only winning team they beat. So you're gonna tell me if they if they if they make the playoffs, they don't beat the Chiefs and they don't beat the Titans, and they somehow make the playoffs. Wild card game against I don't know. If if Indy wins or if, if Houston wins their division. You think they're you're, gonna beat Houston? You're you're funny the way you look at things, because they're six and five and they have to win every game, but Jacksonville still has an outside chance. But they but I cause 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 the Jacksonville has a lot of games with other teams that need to to win to get in. So there's a lot there's a lot of teams that are gonna sift each other out. I just think I think it's more I say that more because of what they just did. They had a I don't want to say gimme game, but they had a game against lesser competition. They had a game against lesser competition that they should have won. Oh, absolutely. They should have won. And they coughed it up. And now you've opened yourself up to Tiebreaker issues? Tiebreaker. Way way too many tiebreakers. Yeah, for sure. The number five seed is who? Buffalo. They're eight and three. Yeah, and quite frankly, Buffalo's not losing that spot. Are they losing? Do they have five games left. Are they going to lose two or three? They have New England. I, I give, I'll give them that. That's a tough one. And I think they got one of the tough ones against one of the elites. I want to say San Fran. They're not losing three games. No. They're just not, and I don't see the, I don't see, Oakland going five and zero, oh. but they need to do, they need to, or at least need to win four of them, just to try to get the second wild card spot, just so they can go up against, you know, Houston potentially Houston, or Kansas City. Like that's scary to think that they could have to, they they have to go up against. Potentially a Kansas City in the wild card round, especially if they beat them already. Uh, they 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 lose to them this week. But I'm just I'm just really disappointed in the fact that the Oakland Raiders went out after all this goodwill they built up, after all this momentum they built up, and just laid an egg to the New York Jets, who 
quote, I'm seeing Ghost is their starting quarterback. Well, I'm looking at the Bills' schedule. It's quite possible they lose three of their last five games. They have the Cowboys Thursday. Okay. Then they have the Ravens. Yep. Then they have the Steelers, which, depending which Steelers team shows up, eh. Play the Patriots Week 16, and then they have that, the uh, Oakland Slayers. No, oh, so it was um, it was Ravens, not the Niners. Yeah. I was thinking of. Speaking of Bills and Cowboys, yeah, playing on Thursday. Not just one game Thursday, three, three. Arguably, next to the the food, the best part about Thanksgiving. No, I disagree. All the football. I disagree. This is the list. Number one, food. Number two, listening to this podcast. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. All right. Ben's our, Ben's our new hype man. Uh, so which, which of the three games are you looking forward to the most? Probably not, run them down first. I'm not really a fan of any one of them, to be honest. Okay, for everybody out there listening, although if you're listening to this, chances are you already know what the three games are. Right. But that's not why we're here. So... We're going to tell you. You have the Bears at the Lions. That um, might be a toughly contested game, but not for the right reasons. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be horrible. Then you have the Bills and the Cowboys. Yep. And if the best version of both teams show up, which I know is a big if, yeah, that could be a very, very good game. Then you have the Saints and the Falcons. I'm curious. That's... All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Atlanta and the Saints. That's the one you're looking forward to the most. I'm curious what the Saints are gonna do. I'm curious what the Falcons are gonna do because the Saints got lit up by them three weeks ago, like twenty six. Oh, that's nine. right. Due to that weird scheduling, yeah, they played. Yeah, they played them what twice in three weeks. Uh, twice in four weeks. Four weeks. Okay, four. There's a lot of those this year. Yeah, it's really strange. I don't, I don't really care those, for it, honestly. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's weird. I want to see what they do. I want to see if, if the Saints can strap them on and say, we need to win this game because we need to get a higher – because they, they can't lose. If they keep losing games, they're not going to get one one or two seed. Well, the Saints have only lost two games, so I wouldn't worry about them keep losing games. Okay. <laughs> it's not like it's a – Fair. Like it's an epidemic. They slipped up against a division opponent, which, as we've stated many times, happens because the teams know each other so well. It could happen again here. I personally think the Saints come out and, you know, you, you'll see. Where's Alvin Kamara been? He's uh, disappeared. He was. He, I mean, he appears to be healthy. And I, I said yesterday when we're watching uh, Mark Ingram run up and down the field against the Rams, supposed defense. That, well, that's probably why Kamara's been struggling. You know, Batman doesn't have his Robin. Right. But Latavius Murray has been more than adequate this year. Sometimes he's been the star of the offense, aside from Michael Thomas. He just might be injured, that's all. Well, here's the thing. He missed time with a concussion, right? I don't don't know. I don't know offhand. I thought it was earlier in the year. I I believe it was a concussion. So, there's still injury related to that. And he needs to get off the field immediately, because that's bad for his long-term health. He looks okay. Like, he's moving around okay. 
whatever reason, they're just not getting him involved the way they have been in the past. And, you know, for all we know, that might be for maintenance issues. He's not the biggest guy in the world. They may not want to, you know, run him too hard now in a regular season when they're looking good as far as record goes. Kind of, you know, the, the, the Todd Gurley pitch count thing. He's still on the field, but he's not necessarily taking the ball every snap. But, I mean, if the Saints get him involved, uh, Michael Thomas has been by far the best receiver in the league this year. By far. Not even close. I mean, he's in the, he's in the uh, discussion for MVP. In the discussion, like I said, I uh, think he that, won't, he, that's, that's he down won't. to a one-horse race in my opinion. I've been saying Lamar for four or five weeks now. I know. But, I, I, I... but no, no, I agree. Like Michael, he, If it wasn't for the year that he's having, Lamar Jackson's having, uh, it would be guys like McCaffrey and Michael Thomas, but... Unfortunately for them, Lamar Jackson's been pretty much playing Madden against the rest of the league. That is true. Um, to cap off what you were asking about, Kamara was out for ankle injury. Was it okay? I think mostly a concussion last year. I knew it was a concussion somewhere in his career, but he hasn't been on the injury report since it was like week eleven. Huh. So we'll have to see what happens there. Maybe they're just saving him. Yeah, that's very possible and smart. So we'll see. Unless we'll he's see, moving yeah. around okay, so maybe it's just a game plan thing to make sure he doesn't get worn out too soon. For me personally, yeah, I'm going Bills Cowboys. Interesting. Uh, I think the Bills are a less well-rounded version of the Patriots. To be honest with you, you know they win with good ball control offense. And very, very good to great defense. Usually lower scoring games. Usually comes down to the last few drives. Yep, yep. Uh, you really don't see them going and blow teams out. But they usually have most of their games, even though they're close, you don't really feel like they're in too much danger of losing. No, because they have the ability to flip a switch on defense and just yeah flip that field. Very, very talented in defense. And the Cowboys, I mean, which Cowboys team showing up? I don't know. The first three weeks or the, the, the second set of three weeks where they won 0-3. Uh, the it's, team that destroyed the Eagles. The team that laid an egg the following week. The team that couldn't get a ball to their best receiver against the Patriots this past weekend. Like, who is this team? It's It's Jerry's team. And it's prepared in a way. It seemed like they weren't aware that it was that New England has weather. Yeah, they were practicing in a, in a, in a heated dome. What are you thinking? What are you, are you serious? So what they're hoping for, and it's not going to happen. They need to win the one seed, but guess what? They're like four games behind. And you're going to pray for Seattle, San Francisco, at, uh, New Orleans to lose multiple games? Multiple. I got news for them. They're getting to the point now where record-wise, it won't even matter. And cherry on top, they're still fighting with the Eagles for the division. Who, As many injuries as the Eagles have had and as many struggles and obstacles as they've had, this shouldn't even be a race anymore. 
Oh, the Cowboys be. should be three or four games up on them, ready to clinch this any day now and rest some of their starters for the playoffs. But then, but now they're going to have to go in Week 16 game in Philadelphia. They're going to need to win that game to win the division. And, and that, maybe, that could very well decide the division right then and there. And maybe get Week 17 off. Maybe. Uh, I doubt it. They, they maybe they're going to be playing for seeding still. I mean, unless unless there's no mathematical way for them to improve, or I don't decline. think I don't think there'll be a mathematical way for them to improve at the, at that point. Probably I don't not. think there will be. Is there a possibility? There's always a possibility for a couple of these teams to kind of, you know, I mean, Green Bay got cooked this week, um, but I don't think they're going to lose enough games to. Would plus, you say cooked like a turkey? Cooked like a turkey. There you go, gobble gobble. Yeah. But uh, I don't see them. Losing any one of those teams losing enough games, and I definitely don't see Dallas putting in a five-game winning streak together. No, to I elevate can't see them that. Up, no. elevate themselves up. It just doesn't seem not only likely, it doesn't seem possible. And you know where it starts. We always say this. You know where it starts at the top. Starts with Jerry. Thing I can't figure out though is Jerry Jones is crazy. Jerry Jones isn't stupid. He's not a dumb man. Like he's been to New England before. Supposedly, he's he's very friendly with Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots. Right. He knows what the weather's like up here. And yet? And he has his team, from what we hear, practicing. In a bubble. In a, it's in a bubble, so they're nice and warm and comfortable. Hey, guys, you want to go in the bubble today? Yeah, and, and you're going to be playing. So you think you're going to get uh, 75 degrees with, with, with perfect humidity. Yes. In late November. Yes. At 425 start time in Foxborough. Absolutely. Yeah, come back in April. You might find that. And then, and then half an hour, like half an hour, forty five minutes after the game starts, that's when the sun disappears. Yeah, and the entire time, it's a it's it's a balmy thirty three degrees, raining. So Wind. not only rain, but it's getting dipping down low enough so it's at times snow and slush and freezing rain. But have fun practicing in your bubble. That did you a lot of good because because you know what Bill's doing. Bill's saying, "Hey, Tom." Let me dunk this ball in 20, well, not 20, but like 30-degree water for like 30 minutes. Oh, oh, here, throw this ball now. I hope he didn't because that's going to make it deflate, and then we're going to go through that all over yeah, again. Yeah, we don't need to go through that. But but that's what he's doing. And then he's like, and and, and if any any team, any member of that team says, hey, Bill, uh, can we? can we? First go? of all, nobody on that team better be calling him Bill. Oh, that's true. Fact. Um, but they'd be like, Coach, can we go practice in the bubble? I guarantee you nobody on the Patriots roster said, let's go practice in the bubble. Like, there's just not there's not a – It's a, not the team mentality. It's not going to happen. Love them or hate them, <laughs> it's not how they do it. No. He's, he's – I mean – They want to win. He threw – he almost threw a conniption at the Super Bowl last year when he looked up and the, uh, the retractable roof was open. He's like – I supposed to be closed. I supposed to be closed. Hey, come over here. Because they told him it was going to be closed, and he had right. prepared his team. And he as prepared it was his team to be to, for a closed dome. So, I think, I think it's time for for Garrett to. Yeah, I think so. And Jerry's got to make some changes on that team. But the problem's going to be: when was the last time he won a Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, his head coach was um, 
Jimmy Johnson. No, after that. The one season after that, it was um, Barry Switzer. Oh, that's right. Switzer came after Johnson. But, yeah. but Barry, and I'll, I'll, I'll die on this hill with all the Cowboy fans. Barry Switzer won that Super Bowl with Jimmy's team. Well, of course. And but after that, it just petered off, and then you haven't seen him, haven't sniffed uh, Lombardi since because Jerry wants his puppet because Jimmy wasn't gonna be that. Imagine if Jimmy could have been the coach for 10, 12 years in Dallas, just turning that roster over. You're talking. You're talking. You're talking about the Patriots looking dead in the eye with the Cowboys on the Marty Trophies right now. I don't know about that because Jimmy, you know, Jimmy coached after that too, and he did not have nearly. Yeah, the Miami was. I know Miami was not. Um, so I mean, it comes. It comes to player talent too. It's not just we get you know argument all the time where it's uh, Patriots are only good because of Belichick. Yeah, he puts in a great game plan, and they wouldn't be nearly the team they are without him. He's the best coach of all time. And I'll, I'll I'll challenge anybody to disagree with me on that any day. But the players have to play too. The talent has to be there. Like if you put Bill Belichick on the Redskins right now, they're not a playoff team. You need the build there. You need your players there. You need talent there. Yeah. That's why. That's why Flores dis- disassembled the team. That's why Matt Patricia, as much as crap as he got last year, and. He's probably going to get crap this year, although I think Stafford's injury is going to help him. Disassembled that team and, and tried to reconstitute it as his own. Uh, Pete Carroll, when he went to the Seahawks, what did he do? He took it apart, infused it with a shit ton of young talent, and got himself to a Super Bowl quickly. It's just a matter of building the team that is on board with your culture. Not necessarily your scheme, because you could always build a scheme, especially on offense, you build your scheme around your quarterback, but build the culture around good players that want to play and win. Well, good players who want to play and win are players you can bank on. I think it's time we get in a banker tank. Yes, sir. <clears throat> quarterback, so, who you got this week, man? This week, I'm going to put faith in the... Number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. The offensive rookie of the year, Kyler Murray. Yes, sir. He's going against the Rams, who are shook. Reeling at best. Shook. And the kid's going to put it up. I, I don't have a question. He put it up against the, the Niners. So if he can put it up against twice. the Niners. Twice. Yes. Thank you. Twice. So if he put it up against the, the Niners, he'll put it up against the Rams. Who you got? I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. A.A. Ron messed up last week. But I think he's going to have a good comeback against a very weak giant secondary. Don't be scared of his inconsistency. He's going to be fine. He's going to come out. He's going to get you your points. This is going to be one of those Rodgers finds some obscure third string receiver for <laughs> 200 yards and three touchdowns kind of game. Maybe not that drastic. But it's going to be a classic Aaron Rodgers game. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Joe Mixon. Oof. I know. It's it's a bit of a gamble. but um, Would have won Josh Jacobs last week, too, but that didn't work out so yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, but they're going against the Jets. 
Um, and I just think it's going to be probably an ugly game, but I like, I like Joe Mixon in this. I think he's going to want to finish off the season strong. I think if there's one player, you want to identify one player on that Bengals team on offense that plays every week, it's Joe Mixon. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I was watching red zone last week and, uh, he had some pretty nice runs. They were showing highlights of that. The guy's still playing with fire. He gets up after a nice run, and he's still pumped up. He's, you know, he's right. He's trying, hooting and hollering and cheering. And it's it's not like he's being arrogant. Like, uh, oh, I know we're down by twenty, but whatever. I got my play in, so I'm good. He's just he's excited. He's pumped up. He has fire and passion. He wants to win. So yeah, that's. I mean, it's hard to be positive about anybody on the Bengals, but yeah, you're right. I think anybody, you know, he's the guy. I'm gonna go Melvin Gordon against the Broncos. All right. Phillip Rivers has hard enough time not throwing five picks against mediocre defenses. Never mind a pass defense like the Broncos in Denver. He's not going to be able to throw it, which means they're going to have to run it. And when they're not going to run it, they're going to have to check down a lot. And Melvin Gordon's going to be there. I don't think he's going to do great rushing-wise, but points-wise, he's going to be all right. He's going to probably catch five to eight passes. And he'll get your points. Um, it's not going to be a pretty game. No. But you can bank on Melvin Gordon. All right. Um, mine run of receiver is going to be T.Y. Hilton. My man's going against Tennessee, even though he got a tough D. I think they're going to push the playoffs. And, and, and if there's a big game player on the Colts, it's T.Y. Hilton. And they just lost Eric Ebron for the rest of the year. So there's catches. At, there's a void of catches right there. Um, he, he seems to be healthy. Um, and I just I just think this is a game they need to win. They need to put their stamp on the AFC South. They need to, they need to catch up to the Houston Texans after they lost. And T.Y. will put his stamp on this game early and often. Yeah, when you're the primary guy, and then there's extra targets to go around anyways, that definitely bodes well for you. Yep. I'm going to go with Michael Gallup of the Cowboys against the Bills. They're going to be in Dallas. They're going to be in their nice, warm environment. They're going to love that. And, uh, I mean, Amari Cooper's been doing his best Cooper Cup impersonation and just disappearing. Yep. So, I mean, Michael Gallup has been getting even more looks, and he's done very well i mean he wasn't great last week but he was certainly better than amari cooper and i think against a bill's defense that is very good but they're going to be doing they're going to be busy trying to take care of amari it's going to leave Gallup open i think he's going to hit a few big plays honestly yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised no he, he may you know he's going to go a little dink and dunk you know eight yards here ten yards there i wouldn't be surprised to see a, a long play to him 40 50 yard touchdown down the sideline Guy's a lot faster than people think. And uh, they're going to have the primary guys covering uh, Cooper. So. Well, Tredavious White will be on Cooper, absolutely. Yeah, so. so the rest are going to have to cover Cobb and Gallup. So. Plus they have to factor in Zeke. Oh, of course. Well, as always, positive leads to negative. Unfortunately, that always happens. So who's going to tank for you, man? Uh, Josh Allen's going to tank for me. Oh. Yep. He is in a tank against Dallas. I think Dallas 
Uh, they're in Jerry World, and they are reeling after not only a bad performance, but their owner called them out. Called them out pretty good, and they need to perform in Dallas. So I think they're going to shut down Josh Allen, and he he's projected to get 26. I don't see it happening. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know about that, but... I think the Bills win that game, honestly, and I think oh, they could win it. I I think they win, and I think it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas loses that game. If Monday afternoon Jason Garrett gets fired, or Tuesday, depending when they do it. My tank is your MVP front runner, Russell Wilson, against the Vikings. I I rescinded. Did we not see the post, ladies and gentlemen? I backtracked. On my MVP. Again, another backtrack. I had to. Tyler Lockett first, not I Russell sh- Wilson. Listen, I but had man. no choice. All right. I had no choice. He, he, Look what he did against the Rams. I know the Rams are the Rams, but th- th- he just did that against the Rams. I can't. I can't. Hey, I know. I know you know. I know. I've I been telling it. you. Everyone else has been on, the bo- on board with Lamar Jackson, with the exception of a few people I know. And there's still someone I know. Who who probably doesn't isn't on board with him, but yes, I see the light. Anyone who doesn't see Lamar Jackson as the MVP needs to go get an eye exam. Running back, yeah, I'll give him a reason for Russell Wilson. No, I didn't. I'm <laughs> sorry, I cut you off. All right, so he's going to have a fine game, but he did just struggle against the Eagles, and I think the Vikings have a better defense in Philadelphia. They are in Seattle, but the running game is kind of a mess right now. Chris Carson can't keep hold of the ball. I mean, Penny's good sometimes, but you try making him the primary guy, he's going to run into the same problems Carson does. That is 100% correct. Tyler Lockett's a great receiver. Tyler Lockett's not going to get Russell Wilson himself enough points to not be to not tank your team for what you expect from Russell Wilson. And that's what this is about. This isn't about Russell Wilson is going to go in and do horrible. This is, is he going to cover the amount of points they're saying, which he's projected to get 29 points. I highly doubt he's going to get 29 points against the Minnesota Vikings defense. When, even last week, you know, a couple couple really catchable balls that DK Metcalf dropped that were would have been big plays. Right. You know, rookie, really talented kid, but he's a rookie. Uh, I just don't think, I don't think Seattle's offense is rolling like they were a few weeks ago. And I think they're going to struggle a little bit here. I think they're going to win the game, but Russell's not going to kill it. Which, uh, kind of thing brings us to your, yeah, kind of, kind of leads us leads right into your pick. It easily leads us into my, my, my tank running back. The aforementioned Chris Carson will be uh, the tank of the week. Um, after his abysmal performance this week, and where Rashard Penny had to come in and save the day, um, they'll give him another opportunity, as they've always done, and they've been working on it. And he says he's been working on his ball control. I don't see it there, Carson. Well, he he. He'd been better for a few weeks, but but you can't be okay for a month and then fumble 
on two straight snaps. It's just not okay. So I think he's going to go into Minnesota and just – or I'm sorry, not go into Minnesota. My apologies. He'll be at home. And they're not, they're not going to – he's not going to perform. It's just not. He's going to tank. I, I will even call him my number one tank because I have so much faith in him. Because you have so much faith in him. You're calling I have so much faith in the fact that he's going to tank. Okay, that makes more sense. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. For some but, reason, I can't put into words what I'm trying to say. I'm going to say you're really struggling over there with the whole A little bit. Whole I'm not going to lie. A uh, little bit. And whole no. verbal skills thing there, I have not been drinking. So I'm just a little. <laughs> if you should start. I probably should. <laughs> Let me crack open the crown right now. All right. I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette against the Bucks. Haven't you picked him like three times this year? Probably. I'm not a real believer in Leonard Fournette. That's fair. In fairness, though, I've been pretty accurate with him. I wasn't. Struggles. I picked him last week, and what did he do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as he found out from Tyler Lockett and Lamar Jackson, I just have better taste than you. So. You're just taking <laughs> shots left and right. This is supposed to be Thanksgiving, and you're taking shots. Ben, how do you not see this? I'm thankful I was right and you were wrong. Oh, you're sick. Man. Dick. Man, you just got to get in the holiday spirit. Wait till man. Christmas, okay? Got to get in the holiday spirit. Wait, you can be wrong on that. Talk, day too? talk about the season of giving. I'm going to give you a lot of shit. Okay, well, then you've already been doing that by giving people your bank and tank picks. I can do this all day. I mean, I mean at least at least I'm somewhat accurate with my tank picks, whereas you just over. My tanks? I was 3 and 0 last week. I'm sorry. You were wrong there too. Oh, well, Jesus. I'm just Wrong over the place. <laughs> let me let you continue with your running back. You don't want to keep going? All right. Leonard Fournette, that, that team in general, they thought it was going to be better when Nick Foles came back. And they they seem more lost than ever. Maybe they should put the mustache back in. Oh, it was, it was simple. It's when Jalen Ramsey wanted to be traded. Mm. They, they were okay after that for a bit. Hey, one game after that, they were. That, well, that, that defense has been bad. That's nothing to do with the offense. The defense has been bad. Um, but no, I mean, the Bucks are decent against the run and they're not going to really have to fear Nick Foles throwing anybody because Nick Foles has shown that whatever match he had in Philly wore off, it just isn't the same quarterback. The same thing happened when he left the Philly the first time and went to the Rams. Right. And you saw that it just didn't work. So if Nick Foles isn't in a Philly's isn't in a Eagles uniform. You almost said Phillies. I almost said Phillies. I meant Philly, and then I just thought baseball for some reason. If Nick Foles isn't in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform, he's it, it, everything else is like kryptonite to him. Yes. And I just don't think this is the kind of game where Fournette isn't. This entire minute's been like a shit show. Um, I just don't. The Bucks aren't playing great, but they're like an anomaly. Like they're not a good team. Yeah, but you just you strike Christian McCaffrey earlier in the season got six points against them because just. 
The way they match up with people is so weird sometimes. I think uh, Jameis Winston is the antithesis of what you're trying to describe. The man can go out and throw four picks or turn the ball over for five times somehow and still give you like 30 fantasy points. It is in. Same. Yeah, and I mean, I know that that's like I said that that's the offense we're talking or and we're talking about their defense against Fournette. But you're right, that entire team does that. Yes, it, it, it's like they can't. They're a mess, but it somehow kind of works. And there's so much of a mess that they can say, Vernon Hargraves, we don't want you anymore. We're just going to cut you. And he goes to another team. I, we'll see how he does in te- uh, the Houston Texans, but. They're so disjointed on defense, they can sacrifice a first round, a foreign first round pick to go somewhere else. That just that's just the Bucks in a nutshell. I, I look at Jameis Winston and just say that's the Bucks in a nutshell. It's just crazy. Tank receiver. William Fuller. The William, fifth. going full William. William Fuller, the fifth. Full William, okay. Yes. There's been a lot of Will Fullers. Um, first off, they're going. To, he's going against New England. So we already know you're, you're, you're ice skating uphill at that point. Second, it's in New England. So, again, you, now you're, going, you're ice skating uphill on a thick sheet of, of, of ice. Not to mention Will Fuller. Does tend to get injured, so I just and I just don't, I don't see how. I think Stefan's going to be on him because I think I think um, D Hop is a little too tall for him. I think Jason's a little has a little more length, and they'll put the safety over top. Yeah, the, yeah, they're gonna put McCordy on. They're gonna have to have help because they'll they'll help they'll help one Hopkins. Will you you might have the twins covering the yeah. hop. Um so I think I think Fuller will will get will garner the attention of either Stefan or if he's in the slot, Jonathan Jones, which is he's one of the believe it or not, folks, Jonathan Jones is one of the top slot corners in the league. Uh so I just don't I don't see it looking good. I'm gonna go Devontae Adams, which you might say, hey, that's a contradiction. You picked Aaron Rodgers as your tank quarterback. You did, sir. You might say, hey, that's a contradiction. You picked Aaron Rodgers as your bank quarterback. And you did. However, I think it's going to be one of these situations where they're not really challenged against the Giants' defense. And it's going to be, you know... You'll throw it to Aaron Jones, and he'll run at 40 yards for a touchdown. You'll throw it to – well, they never throw it to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, so I don't know why I even would even think about that. Because he hates him. Because, yeah. We know this. He the hates The kid him. is one of the best-kept secrets in the league, and they can't get the ball to him more than twice a game. And it's usually 40 yards downfield double covered. So, uh, we have Geronimo Allison and Lazard and uh, Jimmy Graham. But let's, throw to, let's not throw it to MVS. Let's just ignore him altogether. Well, I mean – there's, there's a pretty decent talent. Aaron Rodgers still knows what he's doing back there. So while I think – I don't think Adams is going to get shut down. I don't actually don't think it's a matter of him getting shut down. I think it's a matter of – I think the Packers offense is going to be able to operate so efficiently. They're not going to have to throw those 40-yard passes downfield. Yeah. It's going to be – you can dump off to this guy or throw 15 yards, and there's going to be a lot of 
catches turned into big plays. You see the you see them running up the score. I see being a uh, pretty uh, pretty big gap in the score. Yeah, uh, and that'll necessitate them to yeah no. You're not going to play 40, 50 plays. You're going to be like 20, 25. Yeah, he's not going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, because he's still going to be recovering from that ankle. I mean, you reduce the amount of or, plays, you reduce, reduce the amount of opportunities. And you know you know, Matt LaFleur wants to run the ball. Yes. Like, he wants to. So as soon as they get up by a few touchdowns, it's going to be all running game. So it's not necessarily anything Adams is going to do wrong. It's yeah. just going to be the game plan. All right, Ben, so uh, what's your game of the week? Game of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Need a drop for that. We do. Need a drop for a lot of this stuff. We're working on it, guys. Anyone wants to help us out, appreciate it. Game of the week is going to be Oakland at Kansas City. Eh. And Kansas City will win. What's the score? 35-17. Okay. I'm going to go with the ghost of the L.A. Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. What's the score? Cardinals 31, Mm -hmm. Rams 16. And I don't think it'll be a Jared Goff touchdown pass. It'll be a rushing touchdown or something because he apparently is allergic to throwing touchdowns. It's going to wrap it up for us on this Thanksgiving episode. Thank you guys very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you have a great day or night whenever you're listening. Hope you enjoyed the football. Hope your teams did well. And uh, you know, let us know. Let us know what your best part of the day was. You Whether can, it be football or food or anything, hit us up on uh, social media and let us know how to do that, man. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook and our Facebook page, Ben and Chris Talk Football. Post polls, fun stuff we can do on there. Uh, I'll interact with you if you um, hit us up. Uh, you can get us up on Twitter, Ben Chris Talk FO1. And then you can hit us up on IG as well. Uh, we have IGTV videos going up. And that is Ben underscore Chris Talk Football. All right, guys. Until next time, happy Thanksgiving. Talk to us. Talk to each other. Let's get out there and talk football. Thank you.